receive your word and bear fruit from it, God. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I just pray for that. Would your spirit just lead us and guide us and open up our eyes <coughs> and see and understand, God. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just pray this and I ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. So, today we're going to be, <coughs> I'm be reading another good section of verses. And so, we're going to start in Luke 7, verse 36. And we're going to go to 8, verse 18. So, uh, if someone, if you just want to start, and we can go this way, and everybody read, like, a chunk. Yeah, a good chunk of verses. Uh, wait, where? Luke 7, 36. To 8, 18. If you and I split the sinful woman... Um, I think everyone else can just read under a section. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's <clears throat> house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. And now that when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus, answering, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You do not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Sometime afterward, he went on through towns and villages, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women, who had been healed of the evil spirits and disabilities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's household manager, Susanna, and many others who, were, who provided for them out of uses of their own resources. Uh, while a large crowd had gathered and people were coming to Jesus from one town to another, after another, he spoke with them in a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and were trampled on. The wild birds devoured it. Other seed fell on rock. And when it came up, it withered because it had no moisture. 
Other seed fell amongst the ones. And when they grew up, it choked them, and they were choked out. But other seed fell on good soil and grew, and it produced a hundred times as much grain. As he said this, he called out, The one who has ears to hear had better listen. And the disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, You have been given the opportunity to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that although they see, they may not see. And although they hear, they may not understand. So the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But the, these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit is not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hear, who hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and pure heart, and bear fruit with patience. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. Oh, you, oh we can do our stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we're going to just do head, heart, hands today. And so the first question is just what do we learn? What do we learn about God or what do we learn about people? Verse 47, there's a way that like people love that shows like I think like that they realize how much they've been forgiven. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so chapter 8, verse 10. Um, one, there are secrets to God's kingdom, and Jesus knows them and shares them. He's not, I don't, you know, I think it's interesting he's not telling Simon, you know, you're not forgiven, you know, because you haven't loved me enough, right? He's saying you've been, like, he's not telling him he's not forgiven. He's just like, he's understanding in that, like, you don't feel like you had so much to be forgiven for, and so you don't, you're not, like, falling on your knees in front of me. And it doesn't feel like he's, to me, it doesn't feel like he's telling Simon, like, not, you know, that he shouldn't maybe be doing that, but he just doesn't understand. He probably doesn't understand how much he's forgiven for anyways. 
but he doesn't feel that he has as much to be thankful for. So it's like in that moment, Christ is understanding about where he is. He's more rebuking them for the way that he's judging and waiting mm-hmm. than like the way that she's acting. Is and Simon? Sorry. Yeah. Is Simon the one or is it the Pharisee that's judging the way? Simon is the Pharisee. Okay. Gotcha. Wasn't sure if it was like Simon Peter. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting in verse 43, his response is the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. Like he's already starting to think, crap, Jesus has caught me in something. (laughs) You start to see that kind of change in his mind. I know that it happens with the paralytic who comes down through the roof. I can't think of another story that before the first thing Jesus tells them is that your sins are forgiven. Um, Just kind of like how that's like greater than actually being physically healed of something. Mm -hmm. We need to understand and have our sins forgiven. I think it's interesting how uh, instead of just Jesus telling Simon, like, hey, you're being judgmental. You shouldn't do this. He drives home the point through a story and through questions. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think it's amazing that I think we see a picture of the way that God grants people understanding in their hearts. Because this woman that's chased him into this other person's house and brought her best jar of oil and started crying, wiping his feet with her tears, has had no prior interaction with Christ that we know of. Mm-hmm. And yet here she is, breaking into somebody else's house just so she can wipe his feet with her tears mm-hmm. and rub oil on him. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how moved her heart was that he is the Christ, that he's the Messiah, and that he's saving her, that he has the power to save. And here she is, with no prior interaction. I mean, clearly the spirit moved on her and her heart was open to that truth. Like, it was revealed to her. It was the only, like, she heard about it and her heart was moved to believe it wholeheartedly. And how many, how many people have heard that Christ was going around in the countryside doing miracles and were like, oh, well, that's cool, I guess. Like, here she is seeking him out. And that's like the level of faith that God instilled in her heart. Right? That's that seed he's talking about in the next parable. Uh, Chapter 8, verse 1. We see, like, what Jesus is doing as he's going town to town, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. Mm Also, I also think we see roles in the gospel movement, 
12. So we see Jesus is going around preaching and teaching and saving. And then there's these other followers that have been saved that are helping to support that movement. Mm. I guess it's they're, pay, they're, they're providing for this out of their own resources. Mm -hmm. um, and so you see different ones. It doesn't say that they're not preaching it and sharing gospel in their own time, but their main role that's highlighted here is so you see somebody out, you know, there's two specific roles there. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't really know what the point of calling out the women are. Like the, the 12, and then there were these women who are with, who they named by name. I don't know kind of what the historical purpose of that is, but I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. Um, I think just culturally, like, almost think uh may not to the same extent but in this time period is would it be safe to assume it's kind of the same as middle eastern countries now mm. like how the women were you know may not i said may not to the same extent but women were just not viewed as equal mm. or not um given the same right as men and so I think this calling it out is just showing the equality and like how Jesus, you know, didn't come just to save man, but to save women, you know. And in a way that he's like challenging the stereotype the norm, or the norm yeah, of the time. Yeah, like love. Like it's beyond like what the rules are. <coughs> like this is more important. What's in your heart versus like what the rules say. see what Simon's need was, but what, what do y'all think the woman's need was? Was it forgiveness or assurance? Mm -hmm. She gets both. <clears throat> was he like forgiving her or was he saying, yeah, you already are? Mm -hmm. That's the way I interpret it. I thought about that from time to time. <coughs> yeah, I think that's why he, he qualifies it at the end. He's saying your faith is saved. Mm -hmm. Right, her faith was already there, and that's what saved her. Not that he still had to speak the words or anything. There's something really powerful, though, about like speaking to someone and telling them, like, you are forgiven. Yeah. He breaks it down. He almost says it three times. Because in verse 47, or no, 48, um, Hold he tells on. Her, he tells no, he does. So he's, he, he's 47. He's, yeah, he's speaking to Simon. Therefore, I tell you, her sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. So he's telling that to Simon. Verse 48, and he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. And then again in verse 50, and he said to the women, your faith has saved you. Go mm -hmm. in peace. So there's, yeah, he says it three times just in that one short instance talking to Simon, then talking directly to her twice. Mm. It's 
kind of what I picture when it's like when John says we have an advocate before the Father. And this is what I picture Jesus doing on our behalf. Telling the Father, he's forgiven. Mm-hmm. And then telling me, Chris, you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. She's way, already yeah. washing his feet, you know, mm-hmm. anointing his feet. She's already loving. And then he says, therefore I tell you her sins, which are many, are forgiven mm-hmm. because she loved much. Mm-hmm. So I believe that her love was a display that she was already forgiven and then he's just announcing that she is forgiven. She mm-hmm. is forgiven. Mm-hmm. She is forgiven. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we lack assurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She did not earn forgiveness by doing what she did here. Mm-hmm. She, I wish we had her She was declared forgiven. Mm-hmm. She was already forgiven. Oh, I declared that. forgiven. I wish we had her testimony about when she heard me. Mm-hmm. Like how it came to her. And what God was doing in her heart. Mm-hmm. What she understood. Mm-hmm. I just think it shows, I mean, it would be, just imagine if somebody did that to you right now, right? It's it's incredibly intimate, you know, awkwardly so. How much more would that have been true in that time, you know? Uh, That just Jesus wasn't ashamed that this woman is weeping and kissing and wiping his feet. I mean, if I did that to Philip, you guys would rebuke us and be like, okay, <laughs> save it for your house, you know? But <laughs> Philip, he would be so <laughs> But yeah, it just, Jesus wasn't ashamed of her in front of all these men who are judging her, judging him for letting her touch uh-huh. him, you know? He just was not ashamed of her. Mm-hmm. Not ashamed to call his brothers or sisters, not ashamed to call his forgiveness. Yeah. Also, the athleticism to be able to move around a house while a woman's crying and wiping his hair all over you. <laughs> I don't Completely different passage, but 810. Um, one that God gives us understanding mm-hmm. and like we as people need to be given understanding. Like we just can't do it on our own. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that uh, verse 8 says, He who has ears, let him hear. So there's like a different type of spiritual understanding other than just having physical ears. So we need like spiritual ears to understand. Yeah, and I just think, and I feel like No Place Left has kind of fleshed this out for me even more. But there's that there are definite rules to how God's kingdom works, you know, even in the hearts of men. Um, just that it's not this kind of wildly unknown thing, but really Jesus is teaching us how it works, what it's going to look like, you know, and even why, why, it's, why that would be true, you know. Yeah, I like this passage too because it's, it's explaining both sides. It's helpful for the sower, the person sharing the, the gospel, but it's also helpful for the hearers and the people receiving the gospel are just the word of God. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it applies to both situations. So it also applies to us as we're hearing the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it appears differently. It's, it appears differently the more, the more of God that's revealed to you, the more of God that's revealed to you in the parables, the more of the kingdom that's revealed to you in the parables. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way, the way he's talking about parables is like, you know, 
this is why Jesus uses them is because the more that's revealed to you, the more that you can see it is. So you can come back to it and back to it and back to it. And you'll find new things because <coughs> God has revealed more of himself to you in that time between, I think. Um, they're very interesting. And that's why you're asking him why he's always using parables. And, you know, parables are just so cool. It's part of, it's part of why I went back and read Luke for this last year. Because I just, I love reading the parables and seeing the direct wisdom from Christ. The direct information given from the lips of the Son of Man on earth to us about the kingdom of God is uh, pretty cool and happy. Uh, sometimes the parables teach us about God. I don't know if this isn't going to go into like Jesus winning friends and influencing people, but the parables uh, show us that Jesus either reveals things to people or he conceals things from people mm -hmm. so that seeing they may not, so mm -hmm. hearing they may not understand, but to you, right. it's been given to them. To the right things, yeah. That means it's a special thing for us to understand God's word. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a treasure. It's something that's special. It's not for everybody. Yeah. That's a grace. It's not for people who are smart or anything like that. It's just mm -hmm. to be gracious. Um, She's true. I know that Kiki, you kind of like mentioned this in vision, but that verse 18. Um, I have trouble understanding it. Um, for the one who has will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be given away. Can somebody like explain that again? <laughs> needing needing reinforcement. What verse was it? Eighteen. Yeah, I think. Well, one, I think it's interesting here that once again Jesus is talking to only his disciples, yeah. right? And so. I think it can be easy to think like when we read this story, like, oh, we're obviously the fourth soil. But even if we are genuine believers and the fourth soil, like Jesus tells like, hey, we need to pay attention how we hear, right? Because like to the one who has been given understanding, right? And I, I would look at verse 15, right? And so this is the way that we should hear is in verse 15. We should hold the word fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So we should like hold the word. So I would say like believe it and then like an honest and good way. We should, what does this honestly mean? And we should like then do it. So I would say Jesus is saying for the people who hear the word and do those things, they're going to get more understanding, right? Mm -hmm. And then the people who hear the word and then don't do those things and be, and be like, oh, I'm, yeah, Jesus is saying that. I'm just not going to do that, right? We're going to get our understanding taken away. Right? And I think we can even see that in the Christian life, right? Like, when we obey, like, I feel like God just reveals more and more to us. But then when we're in seasons of drought or whatever else, it's like, you're just like, man, I can't, I've forgotten even, like, the basics of the gospel sometimes, right? Where I, when I'm, like, filled with the Spirit, I'm just like, man, like, the Lord just brings more and more words to my mind. And so I think this is, it's like two ways to see it in the Christian life, but to also see it in like, for like people that we're sharing with who don't heed the word, 
they're going to just lose more and more understanding. And I think of like how many people do we know that like we actually really do know a lot about what's in the Bible, but completely misunderstand the point of it, right? It's because I think it's just because they haven't actually obeyed what they've heard. And so they just like completely lost more and more understanding of it. I mean, I think in the light of that, that understanding is given by God. Sure. And that will to follow his will is given by God. I think that highlights the need in our lives for constant prayer. Absolutely. Or a desire mm. to, to fulfill scripture. Mm. To listen to it. To heed. And not just to listen. So, uh, and I think in the times in my life when I've dipped down low and into depression and, and, and not seeking, I have found that those times are devoid of prayer. Specifically for prayer, for desire and understanding. And times when I found that I'm growing in seeking and desiring God and others is times when I am actively praying and being prayed for for seeking and understanding and desiring God. Mm. And so, and and with the recognition that those are God-given things, that they don't come from within us. Mm. Uh, and so I think that is big in what you know what the them who are given like mm-hmm. them who have more will be given mm-hmm. and, you know if you have the desire to seek God in prayer you'll be given more desire to seek God in prayer mm-hmm. and to seek his will and his will and kingdom and so I see that in that passage and I think you can like see that in the fruit of lives I mean mm-hmm. if they're yeah believers who seem to have really fruitful lives do not, you know, have one-off quiet times. They don't just go to church on Sundays and then kind of tuck the Bible away for the rest of the week, right? They're kind of constantly being refreshed by God's truth and little steps in it, you know, Mm -hmm. so. um, And even the people that are in seasons that you recognize, like, man, that person's really chasing the Lord. If they ever quit doing that prayer time, they're going to, like, the shine will quickly wear off. Yeah, and it might take a minute, you know, because right. you know, you, um, exactly. but it, it it's true. I think that's you know the fruit thing. So like you said, you know, head heart hands, right? Yeah. Um, I think that that passage, getting back to verse eighteen, is the hands aspect. Mm-hmm. If you look at context, like verse sixteen, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Mm-hmm. I think in context, what he's saying is. When something's been revealed to you, it's revealed so that you may reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the way that we're being faithful in verse 18 is we're revealing what's been revealed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That determines whether we're being faithful or unfaithful. We're not, we haven't been revealed things to conceal them, yeah. but to reveal them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really encouraging too with like, I get a personality with just like having fear and apathy about sharing the gospel. It's like, it, it kind of becomes like a no-brainer when you read that passage. Like, oh, duh, why would I? You know, anything else good news that you get, right? Like, someone, you get good news about, like, oh, you got a job, right? Like, you want to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Or you're, you know, you're pregnant or you're getting married, you know? Like, we want to, we want to tell people things. So why is that not, you know, it makes me question myself, why is that not the case when, like, with the gospel, which is, like, the best news of all. It's way better than all those other things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I guess that also, like, 
like in their heart because it's like a, you know I feel pretty convicted about that and like but also encouraged at the same time mm. like right here like this is why we should do this mm. you know although it's obviously it's other person involved too but mm-hmm. um, I see great application for that specifically mm. not just in harvest time but in community uh, within our church as well. Um, that revealing of what's been revealed, uh, like Philip was talking about, in those times when you feel like you're muddled and you're just walking through a fog, you've even forgotten what's been revealed to you previously sometimes, and you lose some of that understanding. And, like, Katie, I know sometimes you feel like uh, everybody else feels like they have more understanding, but sometimes things are revealed to you in Scripture when you're reading, when you're buying a new plan, or where, wherever you're at. Things are revealed to you, and you might share that with Chris or Matt, and it's something that they have been walking with and struggling with and have forgotten in this season of life or whatever, and you reveal this to them, you know, what's been revealed, and God might have revealed that to you so you can reveal it to another believer and encourage them as well. And and so I think we should be encouraged to do that as well in the community. Um, you know, like when we're reading through wherever we're at in the Bible and God hits us with a, a you know, a 10 pound weight over the head of gospel and we're like, whoa, go out and share that with, you know, the church because we need that too. Because, <laughs> you know, there's so many things we forget. Um, and, and sometimes God gives us understanding so that we can share it uh, with our fellow believers and not just with the lost too. That's not to say you shouldn't use that in the harvest, but I know we've been sitting there, but we're kind of a little bit out of time, so sorry. Any more hardened hands? <laughs> just <clears throat> share it. Just get down now. Yeah. I think um seven. Bless <clears throat> you. Do that to me. <laughs> um, just like seeing this woman. Um, and like her humility um, kind of both heart and hands I just think about all the times like maybe obviously not like this specifically but I'm just like going about things like not recognizing Jesus right like the Pharisees essentially like they invited me to to their home but you know like the the very like typical custom would be to like make sure that they can clean their, you know, you clean his feet and stuff mm-hmm. before coming in the home. They didn't even do that, you mm-hmm. know, there's times in my life where I'm just going out and you know, have a really good day at work and feel like I did so much good and I'm like not acknowledging Jesus in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the way we can be so self-centered, you know, in our sinful nature and um, at least kind of acting in. So I just feel like what an example to like live by, you know, as this woman, like knowing her sin, um, went before Jesus and watched his feet, kissed his feet, anointed him. Um, when this Pharisee, you know, who claims to be self righteous and like following the law and not sinful at all, yeah, is just like treating him even like maybe less than just his neighbor, anyways, you know, but this is Jesus. So. I just feel free, like, convicted by that, but also encouraged to, like, see that as a, a model and example to live by. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
you know, the, you know, the Pharisees are men of God that have devoted their lives to learning the law of God. Yeah, I think I see this pattern in my own life where, like, the overflow of my heart and, like, worship is really determined by if, like, in that moment I think I've been forgiven little or forgiven much. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I'm forgiven little, I'm like, okay, I'm, like, doing good, you know? Like, God should be happy to have me on, on his team, you know? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. We don't all, none of us, like, are like, oh, yeah, we think that directly, but... Yeah, when I know that I've been forgiven much, it just, like, overflows to um, our worship, but then also, like, how we represent Christ to other people. And I just want to, even though I have been talking to my coworkers, you know, it's like they recognize I'm a believer. And I'm like, okay, well, they know. But, like, continuing to overflow that to them, to my, to talking about Christ, you know. I think about Trey and how he's, was sharing with us how he was sharing with this tattoo artist yeah. on so the, this cool. week and I was just like man it just overflowed out of you because you love Jesus so much you know mm-hmm. um, and he wasn't ashamed to talk even if that guy didn't want to hear but then he did like he believed so um yeah it really makes a difference and that like it feels like a head thing but actually it's like all of them head heart and it just like flows into all of it mm-hmm. I think um, verse 4, oh, well, I guess it's verse 5. Esther went out to sow a seed, you know, just to uh, hand for me in a heart, really, is, you know, that's our identity in Christ is to be sowers, you know, mm-hmm. and sowers sow seeds. So that's just right. to kind of not make it more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went out to sow, you know. And yeah. remember, too, if we've had, like, maybe a discouraging, what seems like a discouraging time mm-hmm. in harvest, right, where, like, nobody really... You know, responded or kind of red lights. It's like, okay, but like, who knows what will come of those seeds that we've sown? Mm-hmm. And it's not up to us to know necessarily. Mm-hmm. And your faithfulness in itself should be celebrated too. So. Mm-hmm. Jesus also yeah. tells us that we're going to get at least three bad responses. Yeah. And one good response. Mm-hmm. So we should just expect the 75% yeah. no <laughs> I really think that the parable of the sower was meant to give endurance to the disciples because mm-hmm. it's like, you guys are going to. Sow a lot of seeds and get a lot of bad answers. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. good answers so will have a hundredfold. That's mm-hmm. right. It's worth yeah. it. It's mm-hmm. worth all the bad. Yeah. And even among the positive responses, there's still these two camps of people who have little to no endurance and then getting choked out by the world, you yeah. know? So mm-hmm. bearing three, even like field three and discipleship with that. Yep. Yeah, I just think I've really been meditating on take care and then how you hear for the one who has been given or the one who has more will be given and just even like uh thinking about the thorns that um my love for god can get choked by the cares of life the riches of life and the pleasures of life like that the soils are also a warning for us that this can easily happen Uh, and for us to really be people who yeah like i think like if you think about it, like, what's the seed? The main point of this is the seed, and it's the Word of God. So for us to really value the Word of God and mm-hmm. hold it fast in an honest and good heart. Amen. Mm-hmm. We'll just 
Second and third. Yeah. yeah. So we're just gonna do goals and uh, practice during the last third. So if everybody wants to take. Um, very excited to set goals. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we started with yeah. that. <laughs> so, so goals are we setting? Uh, I say grow, go gather. Go grow gather. 